0: We're in the middle of a weekend, so that's good. I had a good day yesterday. Well, at least it was interesting, because I think I had a little uh, tete-a-tete with somebody I presume to be a Trump humper. It was a normal situation. I was in line to pay for something at a retail outlet. There was one guy in front of me and about five, six guys behind me. It was a normal situation, but this guy in front of me was making this way more difficult than it needed to be. He was complaining about this and that and saying he's got constitutional rights, and immediately my ears went up. I go, oh, fuck, here we go. So this keeps going on for a little bit. I just want to go up, pay for my shit, get the fuck out, and let everybody else do their business. So... Because my wife's not there, and because my family's not around me or any friends, I think, I can go rogue here, fuck it. (laughs) So I said to the guy, I said, look, dude, just get your bullshit done and get the fuck out of here. A lot of people are waiting to get this done. This isn't like we're getting a mortgage. Jesus Christ, just do it and move. And he turns around, he looks at me, gives me the typical response of people like this, what the fuck did you say? I go, what are you, hard of hearing? I said, get your shit done and get the fuck out of here. I'm tired about hearing about your constitutional right and all the bullshit you're throwing out there. You don't even understand what the fuck you're saying. And he looks at me and he goes, you're probably one of those fucking liberals. (laughs) I said, oh, we're playing guessing games now. Okay, my turn. You're a dumb fucking Trump humper who barely got through high school, and you send all your discretionary money to Donald Trump, and he gives you nothing in return. And, of course, he had to come back. He said, fuck you. I go, oh, we hit a nerve. (laughs) I said, dude, we're just all trying to pay for shit here. Just get it done and move on. And he wants to argue with me. And then I said, look, If you're not going to finish the job, I'm just going to cut in front of you and fucking do it. And then he starts to get all head up and wants to be tough. By that time, the five or six people behind me start to get a little bit of courage, and they're yelling at him too. So here he is yelling at five or six people in line and one person behind the counter, and uh, he just walks away because he's not dumb enough to try to wade into all these people. He doesn't have the intellectual power to argue with one person, let alone five or six people, and he didn't seem violent. But of course, as he's going out the door, when he's a safe distance away, (laughs) he yelled back, you fucking liberals, (laughs) and I just laughed. I, I mean, it was hilarious. This guy was pitiful, as GOP people are. So that kind of invigorated me, you know? It got me back into the game. I'm usually pretty quiet. I don't engage in those things because they're generally not worth it. And that was certainly not worth it, but it made me feel good. So I'm all for it. Now, I didn't tell my wife about this because she give me shit about it. So we got to keep this on the DL, okay? Anyway, <laughs> we'll get going on the Rational Boomer podcast. And, uh, of course, we've got a number of emails. I was kind of soliciting emails regarding um, the show I did with uh, my guest Ed Jones, and we'll get to that in a minute. But we have several emails that we want to talk about. First one comes to us from Carl. He says, hey, dude, Dodger fan 63 here. You gave me an idea for a hashtag the other day. What do you think of hashtag Donny dipshit? Well, of course, I fucking like that. I noticed you like saying dipshit from time to time. It cracks me up. Thanks, Carl. Well, Carl, I actually say dipshit all the time. <laughs> it's funny how people are catching on to words I use on a regular basis. Dipshit. Dude. <laughs> that's that's a good one. I actually like that one a lot, Carl, and I may use it. I don't use many hashtags. If you go to my TikToks, I only have two hashtags, Rational Boomer and Rational Boomer Podcast. I don't use hashtags. What I found out about TikTok is it really depends a lot what you make the title of the video and what hashtags you use. Sometimes that triggers the algorithm to shut your video down so I keep it as generic as possible. I make the title of the TikToks very generic or very very normal, and I only put those two hashtags in there. I figure if I only use those two hashtags, they aren't going to pull down my video. And it's worked so far. But, Carl, thank you very much for that suggestion. I think it is an excellent one. Now, the next one comes from, uh, let's see here, Bill. He says, Hello, Mike, just wanted to check in quick and mention your guest host was phenomenal. It was great listening to you guys bounce ideas off each other, and he's a great fit for your show, in my opinion. I have to agree. Big fan of Ed Jones. I worked with him for many years. We have a rapport because we know how one another thinks, and uh, it did work out pretty well. I thought the show went well. Next one. This one comes from Bruce. Hey, Mike, Ed was awesome. Super knowledgeable and a real compliment to your podcast. Bring him back for more. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Bruce. And the last one is Kevin from Connecticut. Hey, Mike, great show today. Ed was awesome. You two have a great chemistry and back and forth. A little rough around the edges. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) But I'm sure with time you'll clean it up. His audio was a little bit low, too, just being honest. But his take on things is refreshing, and I like the two of you together. On a side note, it's so strange to hear reason coming out of the mouth of someone with that accent, meaning a Southern accent with Ed. LOL. Now, I'm not generalizing all Southerners, but most sound ridiculous with some of the Trumpy crap that comes out of their mouths. Uh, Ed was a great addition, and I thought I'd write in and tell you. Show's awesome as always. Keep up the good work. Maybe you can do Ed Mondays or Friday with Ed. I don't know, just suggestions. Either way, I'm here for it. Have a good one, Mike. Kevin from Connecticut. All right, thank you very much. First of all, Kevin, you said it was a little rough around the edges, and that isn't surprising. Ed and I haven't been on the air together for a long time. And uh, you talked about uh, his level. the the volume of his voice the technological part of putting this all together that that's the thing that was most confusing to me i mean i know you can use zoom but then you've got to record it and then somehow transfer it to another format and put it into my editing thing and get that all done Um, and there was a lot of things to be concerned about and i didn't understand what i needed to do so um So I had to play with it a little bit. I used to own a recording studio, so I'm good at fixing or figuring things out. And I knew I would figure it out. But it took a little doing because I didn't quite understand how Zoom or whatever it is we used worked and all that. It took a little bit to get that done. Now, that said, as far as us sounding rough around the edges, I don't know. That may be the best we can do. (laughs) Now, actually, what happened there was when I started the recording, I said, Ed, let's. I don't even know how this records. I don't know how this is going to work. Uh, So let's just kind of riff here, you know. We haven't talked for a while, especially about these types of things, so I'll just hit record, and you and I will talk. We'll talk on different subjects. I'll try to lead you into certain areas, and we'll just go. And that's pretty much what we did. We um, actually weren't expecting to use that, As the podcast, but we were going along and it was going pretty smoothly. So I just let it go, let it go, let it go. And uh, ultimately, we had about 54 minutes, and it sounded pretty good. So we used it, I used it, I put it up right away, because I was anxious to hear what people thought about it. So if it sounded rough around the edges, that's why. It wasn't even supposed to be a show and we were just kind of riffing trying to feel one another out to get a sense of what we would do and how we could do it. Fortunately, we fell back into our normal normal pace. It's going to take a little while to, you know, smooth out the edges, but it can be done. <laughs> We've done it before back when we were on the radio. So for something that We had no intention of making a podcast and putting it out. Rough edges uh, considered, I think it went pretty well. And I think uh, I'm I'm glad everybody liked Ed. I'm not surprised because he's very good. In many ways, he's better than I. Um, He's a little older than I am. He's a little more liberal than I am. (laughs) He's a little more sophisticated in his speech, too. You'll hear him swear now and again, but not like me. He uh, is also an actor, so he's very good for the dramatic. I said, Ed, you got to go on a TikTok. You'd be the perfect guy just telling stories with your acting ability and all that stuff. They'll fucking love you out there. He hasn't done it yet. I don't know if he will, but I'm going to keep pushing him to do that because he'd be good on TikTok. And uh, so what we're going to do, I talked to Ed about it. I told him that people liked what he did on the show and told him I wasn't surprised, and he was pleased by that. I mean, it's been a while since he's been on the radio, so he's got to kind of get his chops back, too. But uh, I said, Ed, look, you know, I'm willing to do anything you want to do, because to have a show where I have somebody I can play off of and they can play off of me, that really makes doing the show a lot easier. I mean, it's a big difference when you have a list of things you want to talk about like I normally do here and just kind of go for 50 minutes, 60 minutes, and talk. Clearly, I can do it, but it's not always the easiest. And you know me, I'm a little lazy, so I'd like to take the fucking easy route. Anyhow, (laughs) what we're going to do, presumably here, assuming we can tie everything together, I am going to have Ed on the show once a week. Uh, you know, I do anywhere from five to seven shows a week, and he's going to be on one. And maybe down the road, he'll be on more, depending on how it all goes and how you all respond to it. I don't want to change the podcast that we do now because that's what you become accustomed to. That's what you come here to listen. And far be it for me to change that. I'm going to stick with that format. But every so often, maybe once a week, we are going to have Ed Jones. For th- so thank you for your input on Ed I'm not surprised, and I think he will be a good addition uh, to doing the podcast. He'll offer some insights I can't offer and probably be more articulate in many ways. And uh, like I say, he and I work together well. So I'm looking forward to that. Thank you for the input. All right, first up, this, this is a story. It's a small story. It's not a big deal, but it annoyed the shit out of me. This comes from Newsweek. Kyle Rittenhouse, you remember that dumb fuck who got a ride from his mommy in Illinois all the way up to Wisconsin so he could go to a a riot there and shoot some people? Yeah, he was a great guy. And then he got let off, of course, uh, by the uh, courts in Wisconsin. Well, Kyle Rittenhouse is complaining that President Joe Biden ignored his request to meet after the teenager says he was unfairly linked to white supremacists during the 2020 presidential election. (laughs) Oh, fuck me. Rittenhouse, who was cleared of murder charges after killing two protesters at a Wisconsin Black Lives Matter uh, protest, Lambasted Biden. He doesn't even know what the fucking word lambasted mean. That's just the writer here. This is coming out of Newsweek. He lambasted Biden on a podcast episode of Jenna Ellis show. That was published Tuesday. Now Jenna Ellis. <laughs> Is a former Trump administration attorney, so she's a piece of shit, too. I've never heard of the podcast. I guarantee I won't listen to the podcast, especially if your guests are the likes of Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, the criticism is from Rittenhouse, 19, is a part of his ongoing effort to settle grievances he experienced at his trial, becoming a political flashpoint. That's what he says. He says, I was attacked. I was a 17-year-old. I was attacked and had to defend myself. I'm not a racist. I'm not a white supremacist. I'm not a domestic terrorist. I'm not a murderer. And anybody who wants to sit down and have a conversation, I'm more than open. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. (laughs) This is what I got to say. So you're a 17-year-old kid sitting in Illinois. You hear about some Black Lives Matter protest in Wisconsin. You say, hey, Mommy, give me a ride up to Wisconsin. I want to go check out that protest. And on the way, he stops and picks up a AR-15 gun that he purchased, but it can't legally have in his hands. But that day, apparently, he thought he had uh, had freedom to do that, so... Mom stops, picks up the gun. Apparently, Mom thinks nothing's unusual about this stuff. Goes and drops him off in the middle of this protest. And then he was attacked. I wonder why he was attacked. Well, anyways, he ends up shooting two people. And then he can't imagine why people think he's a white supremacist. Well, you're hanging out with white supremacists. You're acting like a fucking racist. Kyle, here's the deal. Whether you're not, you see yourself as a white supremacist or a racist, when you hang around people that are white supremacist and racist and condone and support the things they do, well, you're a fucking racist. You're a domestic terrorist. You are 17 years old. You walk onto the streets in Wisconsin and shoot people. If that isn't the essence of a domestic terrorist, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Now, however, Rittenhouse's willingness to talk hasn't always been mutual, and he's reached out to Biden several times, and this is what he says. Crickets? Nothing, said Rittenhouse, describing the lack of response from the nation's top elected official. He still hasn't replied, so it just shows how much of a man he is to not sit down and talk. Well, Kyle, here's the fucking deal. You're nobody. You're a murderer. You're a domestic terrorist. Joe Biden has no business, no interest, or no need to talk to you. You can offer nothing, nothing, to uh, what's going on in this country. The fact is, you're what's wrong with this country. And just because you believe your press clippings and you think you're a star now because you killed two people in Wisconsin and got off in a kangaroo court, just because you think you're a star now, you think Joe Biden has a need to fucking talk to you? I mean, Jesus Christ, your best credit right now is Jenna Ellis's show. A former Trump administration attorney. She's a piece of shit, and I'm sure the podcast is a piece of shit. The thing he said that I find interesting I'm not a murderer, and anybody who wants to sit down and have a conversation, I'm more than open. Well, I'm anybody. I would love to talk to you, Kyle Rittenhouse. You sit down, I'll sit down and we will talk. You won't like how the conversation goes because I'm not buying your bullshit. You won't have the courage to sit down with me. I've had Trumplefox tell me, "I'll debate you. I will talk to you." But you know what? They never fucking show up. They never show up. And they'll say something, "Well, you've been in radio a long time. It's not fair." What do you mean it's not fair? These people have told me I'm dumb. I don't know what I'm talking about. This is a sure moment where they can teach me a lesson and give me what for. But they don't do it. Now, I doubt that Kyle Rittenhouse will hear anything about this (laughs) offer, and that's fine. I don't need to talk to him. Frankly, I don't want to give somebody like him any more publicity than he already has because it's out fucking rages. Uh, But if he wanted to talk, I'd be happy to talk to him. I'd spend as much time as he wanted. We could do it live on TikTok or someplace else, so it won't be edited, so I make him look bad. Let me tell you something. (laughs) If I'm talking to a 19-year-old fucking domestic terrorist coming out of fucking nowhere, Illinois. And if I can't destroy you in three minutes, then I'm an idiot. So I dare you, Kyle Rittenhouse. Send me an email, rationalboomer at gmail.com. Say, I'll talk to you and I'll set everything up. Fuck, I'll fly to you and sit down and talk to you because it would be worth it to spend a little time tearing you to fucking shreds. You've got all these GOP people hanging on your every word, supporting you. Well, until you said you supported Black Lives Matter, which is bullshit. You got some pressure and you wanted to take the pressure off. So you say something like that, but you're stupid. Because the moment you do that, the GOP GOP takes support away from you. You're a fucking child, and you're not a very bright child. And you know what? If I was you, after going through what you went through, if you want to live any kind of life in the future, I'd just shut the fuck up. Try to go under the radar and try to find some way to live my life in the future. Because you're a scourge on this society. You're a piece of shit. You are a racist. You are a white supremacist. But you're too stupid to even understand what that means. You just see what you see, and you think it's popular. You can be the hero in the GOP, and maybe you can. But you have to understand, the GOP and this kind of attitude, it's on the way out. And by the time you're 20, 21 years old... Your support team is going to be fucking gone, and you're going to be left with fucking nothing. And that's exactly what you deserve. You should be in jail right now. But you got lucky because you got a fucked up judge in a fucking kangaroo court, and you got off. But I'd be careful where you go, because there's a lot of people that don't like you. A lot of people of color that are not fans of yours. It's great when you hang around the radio people or the podcast people that are your fans, the GOP people. If you're so sure about yourself and you're so smart and you think you can talk to Joe Biden, talk to me. I'm not as smart as Joe Biden. I don't have as much power as Joe Biden. I'm sure you could tear me to fucking shreds. So give it a shot. Anybody knows Kyle Rittenhouse out there? Tell him I'd be happy to talk to him and I'd go anywhere to fucking do the conversation. Because somebody needs to tell this motherfucker what's up and put him in his place. Because clearly, mommy doesn't do it. Mommy just supports everything he does, even if it's fucking illegal and involves murdering people. (sighs) Fuck. I do not like Kyle Rittenhouse. If I had a son that did half of that, I would be embarrassed and I would punish that kid forever to bring that kind of uh, embarrassment on his family, on his town, on his state. The problem is, is the people in his family, the people in his town, don't think he's an embarrassment because they're all fucking embarrassments. They think he's a hero. They think he's the future leader of them. But unfortunately, this whole concept of racism and and uh, white supremacy, it's not going to last. It's going to be taken down. It's being taken down as we speak. So, Kyle, you put the money on the wrong fucking horse. Nobody cares about you now. It's old news. You're not a hero. You have no business talking to a president, let alone... Uh, you, You don't even have business talking to a mayor of your fucking town. Nobody should waste their time with you. You're a joke. You're a babbling, crying, fucking joke. And people will say, well, you shouldn't pick on a 19-year-old like that. Well, fuck that. If that 19-year-old is a racist, a white supremacist, murders people, and cries in public because he thinks he's a man when he goes to the the, uh, the protest, but now we should think he's a little child who's crying, sorry, you set the tone. You want to be a man? It's time you get treated like a man. And unfortunately, the people in the GOP aren't going to do it because there are very few men in the GOP. They're crying, whining, punk bitches. And that's exactly what you are, Kyle Rittenhouse. Fuck yourself. Oh, that went dark quick, didn't it? (laughs) All right, we're going to take a break and we'll get down to some normal shit right after this. Well, Donald Trump's Truth Social app has been up and running for a while, and guess what? It's an absolute fucking miserable failure. A reporter who has been looking at this app says uh, when he checks it out, it's like a veritable ghost town. It appears to be mostly bots on the app, and when I've looked at it, when it first started, it was just a bunch of memes, whether they were by bots or just the dumb fucks that joined the app. Now, the interesting thing is this app, this giant killer that was going to take down Twitter and Instagram, it was going to control everything. All the people would get behind Donald Trump, make this the most powerful social media platform in the country. Yeah, no, that's not happening. Apparently, Donald Trump has yet to even post on the app. He's probably seeing it as such a failure. He doesn't want to associate with it. Uh, the fact is uh, there's no Trump the fuck hierarchy that's posting on this no Ben Shapiro, no Sean Hannity no Tucker Carlson nobody of note is posting on this fucking app I mean these people were spouting about it saying oh this is going to be incredible this is going to be big it is a complete and utter failure now the fact is a lot of new apps come out every day And the vast majority of those apps do fail. I mean, that's just business as usual. You start a business, the odds are against you that you're going to win. Unless you come up with a brilliant idea, you catch the wave early, and uh, you get lucky. Like a Twitter, or like a, a TikTok, or like a Instagram, or even Facebook. They came around at the right time, they had the right situation, and they were doing it properly. Now the truth, the uh, the the, the uh, truth social that Donald Trump has has a lot of problems. First of all, instead of creating a platform, they took some free platform from the internet, downloaded it, and that's what their platform was. Typical of Donald Trump, I'm going to do something big, but I'm going to do it on the cheap, which never works. Now. The thing about this app, it's not like other apps that could win or could fail. I mean, this one has a former president. It seems to have unlimited promotion, too. When it was out there, it was on the news, on the left side news, the right side news, all over the internet. It's not like people didn't know what the fuck was coming. And then, of course, Donald Trump told us about this huge capital. This app had and all the investment in it. He said it was like a billion dollars. Now, this is a special kind of incompetence. I guess everybody forgot that Donald Trump has never been successful in anything he's done. I mean, here's a platform. Here's an app that has everything going for it. A former president, all kinds of publicity, and a billion dollars in investments. You know, to lose in that situation is akin to, oh, I don't know, maybe opening up a casino and failing in that motherfucker. (laughs) When Donald Trump did something with a casino or a couple of casinos and he failed, that should have been a red flag to investors. If this fucker cannot make a casino go, he may not be a businessman. And let's be honest, Donald Trump isn't a fucking businessman. He is a complete idiot. Now, the problem is is the people that were thinking that this app was going to do something are the same people uh, that thought he was going to win in 2020, which he didn't. He got beat by 7 million votes and a bunch of electoral votes. But these are the same people that buy into the fact that... uh, Donald Trump's going to run in 2024, and he's going to win. (laughs) That's how stupid these people are. No matter what happens between now and 2024, and a lot of shit is going to go down and fall right on Donald Trump. In 2024, there is no way the Republicans are going to make him a candidate. There's no way he's going to run because He doesn't like the idea of losing, and if he thinks he's going to lose, he's certainly not jumping into that. Plus the fact, once he announces he's running for president, they now have to keep track of the money he's getting. He doesn't get to put it right in his pocket. He's got to uh, follow rules and regulations with a campaign. But up until the time he announces, he gets to just pocket the money. And that's really wise here. It has nothing to do with governing or... Being a president of the United States, he's trying to shill money. And so for those people who think he's going to run in 2024 and maybe win in 2024, don't even think about it. That's not going to fucking happen. The Republicans aren't stupid enough to make him a candidate. By that time, everything will have fallen apart, and to put Donald Trump uh, as your candidate would be a sure loss. To be perfectly honest... I would like to see Donald Trump run in 2024 after all this shit is going to come down. I would like to see every crazy nutcase candidate that follows Donald Trump to be the Republican candidate in every fucking election. Because these people will not win. They've alienated 51% of America with women. They've alienated people of color. They've alienated people in the LGBTQ community. They've done crazy shit. They spouted conspiracy theories. So there is a faction of people, maybe 30%, maybe even 35% of the people, that will vote for them regardless. They don't listen to the shit. They don't care if it's grifting or crooked or corrupt. They don't care about that. And, of course, all the Democrats aren't going to vote that way. But there's that part of the Republicans and the moderates that are relatively normal and are embarrassed by what's going on and what will come out. There's no way they are going to vote for Donald Trump or any one of these crazy fucking candidates. So my worst fear is they come up with a good candidate, a good candidate in 2024, or a good candidate in some of these other elections like the Senate. (laughs) So far, I'm not worried. I mean, we've got Herschel Walker down in Georgia running for the Senate against uh, Warnock. Okay, Now, Warnock's a very bright guy. He's a good senator. He should have no problem winning that election. Herschel Walker is running against him, and he's got Donald Trump support. Now, Herschel Walker, I have a deep dislike for anyway. You'll remember, I don't know, back in the 80s maybe, the Minnesota Vikings gave up their fucking, they gave up fucking everything to get Herschel Walker because we needed a running back. And when he came here, he was pretty half ass He wasn't anything big. And he's a fucking lunatic. So now, (laughs) Herschel Walker is running around telling everybody that he's this big intellectual mind, even though when you hear him talk, you go, this is a dumb fuck. He said, uh, you know, he graduated from college magna cum laude. He he said he was the valedictorian in his high school. Well, here's what we know about (laughs) Herschel Walker. There was a big hubbub, because back in the day this didn't happen much, but there was a big hubbub when he left to uh, play pro football after his third year of college. Now, he couldn't have done that in the NFL. What he did do is he went to the USFL, went after the money. You remember this? And he played for Donald Trump's team in the USFL. Eventually, he came back to to, uh, uh, the NFL. He did play there, played with the Dallas Cowboys. And then the Dallas Cowboys pawned him off to the Minnesota Vikings and basically, raped the Vikings by taking everything all their all their drafts and all the shit and they would be in a slump for 10 years after that because of what they did and Herschel Walker was of no value to the Vikings he didn't really bring us much but the point is now that he's a politician he's got a lot of issues apparently he's uh, he's had some problems with domestic violence beating up his wife and girlfriends yeah Now, keep in mind, even now, Herschel Walker's in pretty good shape. He was always always kind of a specimen. So when a guy like that beats up a woman, it's not going to be pretty. Well, he's got that on his record. Now he's lying about his education. He wasn't a valedictorian in his high school. He didn't even finish college, let alone being magna cum laude. So he's flat out lying. And these things can be so easily proved, and they have been proved. But he just keeps lying. You see, what I'm saying here is let these crazy fucks run. That is better for the Democrats. The crazier, the better. The better chance the Democrats have a chance to win. All right, next up. Donald Trump had one of his cult rallies in Michigan yesterday. Interest and support for Trump is waning, of course. I don't know how many were at this rally, but the previous rally, there was about 5,000. Even though Donald Trump and everybody tried to tell us there was twenty-five to 35,000, that was not true. There was about 5,000, and that tells you where the future of Donald Trump is going. There's always some QAnon idiots and uh, some trump that show up and speak About stupid shit, but there are far fewer of them than we've seen before. Now, before each rally, there is uh, one evangelical minister that comes out and gives a prayer before the start of the rally, and frankly, it's always hilarious. Now, I've besmirched some evangelicals. I've called them enemy of this country, um, liars blasphemers, whatever I've said about them, I've said that. And many times I hear from these evangelical idiots and they're mad at me. They don't like me a bit. In fact, I have family members that apparently are evangelicals that won't talk to me anymore because of the things I've said about evangelicals. But the fact of the matter is, they keep doing this shit over and over the anti abortion stuff and all the bullshit they're pulling. They claim to be religious and with God, but the things they do are the most ungodly fucking things I've ever seen. But at the start of this rally, I'll give you an indication. Now, oh, it's kind of funny. Uh, this evangelical fuck, this minister, opened the rally <clears throat> with a prayer. And I'm taking pieces out of this. I'm not going to do the whole thing, but it's most of it. But just to give you a taste to how they start a Donald Trump rally with a prayer. <laughs> so this guy says, Father in heaven, we truly believe that Donald Trump is the true president of the United States. You have raised him up so that he can save our nation. Bless him and his family. Keep them safe. We declare that he will be back in office soon, very soon. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray the fraud in the 2020 election will be exposed and the election will be overturned. Now, he's not the only stupid one. Now, see, that's the thing. These evangelicals want to claim a higher, higher level because they're with God. But nothing they said, nothing he said in this has anything to do with God. In fact, it's the antithesis of God. But that wasn't even the dumbest shit that was said. Later on, uh, this uh, representative, U.S. House of Representative, uh, Lisa McClain, she comes out. She's giving a speech. And I have to laugh. I mean, she's a U.S. representative, and she's dumb as fuck. I mean, she's inarticulate, she's crazy, and clearly she's stupid because this is what she said. She said, when Trump was in office, we didn't have a war. Yeah, we did. Afghanistan was going on. You remember he was going to pull out, but he he, he chickened out and... Uh, Joe Biden had to do it. He said, we had three peace treaties with Donald Trump. No, you fucking didn't. And the last thing is the best one. <laughs> she says, and and Donald Trump caught Osama bin Laden. <laughs> now, that is some dumb shit. We know Osama bin Laden was caught while Obama was in office. Donald Trump had nothing to do with that. He He killed some second-rate leader of the Taliban, you know, his troops did. Uh, and then he made a fool out of himself trying to be real proud about it. You remember that whole thing. There's a lot of videos out there of it comparing him to Obama. <laughs> and it just, it's fucking stupid. But these are the people that go to these rallies. I mean, the, <laughs> these are the people you went to school with that had to go to a different class for half the day because they weren't keeping up with the rest of the class. You know what I mean? They weren't. They weren't the stars of the classroom back then. And I really take offense to the evangelical ministers that come out here and claim to be godly and uh, all this stuff. And then they spew white supremacy and racism and misogyny and anti-Semitism and violence and, and overthrowing the government. There's a special place in hell for these motherfuckers. I think, you know, for me with God, it's it's a very simple thing. If you follow one rule, if you follow one rule that will cover all 10 commandments and make this world a better place. It's something the Dalai Lama once said when somebody asked him about his religion. He said my religion's very easy. It can be explained very easily. It's not complex. Our religion is just be kind to one another. If you can do that, you can cover all Ten Commandments. You can do what's in the best interest of God, whoever it is you pray to. But the things that the evangelicals spout and they use God to support their bullshit, that is horrible. That is horrific. And that is an insult to anybody who believes in a higher power. It's a perverted look at what they believe religion and God to be. And I'm insulted when they fucking do that. So if there are evangelicals that hear this and they get angry about what I say, fuck you. I don't care because you're flat ass wrong. All right. The last part of this. Um, This is interesting. We know that Donald Trump tried to strong-arm Georgia's Secretary, uh, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger when he tried to coerce him into overturning the election. But it turns out that's just the tip of the iceberg. Turns out nearly 300 GOP, GOP state legislators may be implicated in Trump's coup attempt. 300 State legislatures. Just try to imagine that. There's a writer, a columnist, Amanda Carpenter. Uh, She works at the Bulwark. Uh, She focused uh, on a text sent to Mark Meadows. The text talked about uh, the call with Raffensperger, of course. But they also talked about coordinating with hundreds of state legislatures to uh, block Biden's certification. A group called Got Freedom, great name. I wonder where you got that fucking idea, sent out a press release about said briefing. It said nearly 300 state lawmakers and others participated in the briefing, which in, which featured Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, Peter Navarro, John Lott, a senior advisor at the U.S. DOJ, and, of course, 300 legislators. Now, imagine that. Imagine all the shit he did. It didn't all happen accidentally or by coincidence. You've got a bunch of toothless, dumb fucking rednecks going after the capital. You've got uh, him calling Raffensperger trying to get him to overturn the election. They're on a talk with 300 state legislators, GOP state legislators around the country. Then we hear about all these fake uh, fake electors that were trying to get into the capitals and stuff and try to change the votes in their respective states. I mean, in the Republican Party, we're looking at a fucking pandemic, a pandemic of corruption, insurrection, and fucking ignorance. My question here is, and this goes to what I said before, how Donald Trump always fails. When you got people charging the uh, Capitol, you've got a president of the United States trying to coerce a uh, secretary of states in a number of states. You've got him talking to and firing up 300 state legislators across the country, among many other things. How did you not get this done? I mean, what more would you have had to do? They made a concerted effort to overturn the election and overthrow this government. It wasn't all by chance. It wasn't coincidental. They worked hard at this. There was a strategy, and apparently John Eastman, the lawyer, he was the architect of all this. This was a big, big strategy. And and I, and I got to be honest with you I'm a little surprised by that. It was my impression that whenever Donald Trump did something he was just pulling something out of his ass throwing it against the wall and hoping for the best. I don't see Donald Trump as much of a tr- uh, uh, of a planner. You can see it when he talks. Whenever somebody asks him a question and it's a hard question, he just says whatever. He doesn't even think about what he's saying. He's just spewing bullshit. And he doesn't care if it's ridiculous or clearly a lie. He will just spew it and keep pushing it. So I never in my wildest dreams thought he would have enough wherewithal to strategize and plan and put together a major attempt of a coup in this country. And, and and frankly, I don't think it was him. I think it was the people around him and the people in the outer circle as well, the state legislators. All he did is whip them up, get them excited, and get them believing because they're too stupid to know what the truth is. And they got all whipped up, and then all of Donald Trump's people helped to coordinate this stuff. They had uh, uh, tours given by people in Congress. They had planning sessions with people in Congress. I mean— this uh this country was infiltrated with people wanting to pull off a coup. And it was everywhere. It's not just in the uh House of Representatives. It wasn't just in the White House. It's in the Senate. It's amongst state legislators across the country. This was a big effort. My and my question is when you got all that going on And you're pulling the strings on all these people. How did you not get it done? How did you not get it done? Thank God for some decent people in the Senate and the House. Thank God for the police at the U.S. Capitol. Because with this much effort and this much power going at trying to overturn the election, it's hard to understand how they didn't get it done. This is something like we've never seen before. Nobody was ready for this because they've never seen it before. Everybody was caught by surprise. And, of course, we find out that that all the uh, legal entities and, and all the rules and regulations and uh, normalities uh, of the thing are pretty weak, pretty toothless, because nothing was able to stop this whole thing before it started. I mean... All these people coming together to overturn the election, even Jenny Thomas, the wife of a Supreme Court justice, they had a lot of people in on this fucking thing, and they still couldn't pull it off? Well, thank God they didn't, because that would have turned this country upside down, and we would have been in a hell of a condition for the next 20 years. As it is, it's going to take us five, maybe 10 years to get things back to normal. But we got to get on that road. Donald Trump is, I'll just say this, Donald Trump and uh, his people that follow him were a worse pandemic than COVID. Now, I know 900,000 people died of COVID, and that is absolutely tragic, and Donald Trump is responsible for that. But the idea that we were this close to having this country, the government, overthrown with an election overturned, That changes everything for our country. So thank God that didn't happen. And hopefully we can straighten this mess out, make people accountable who should be accountable, and somehow try to get back on track and try to pull this country back together again. All right, let's wrap it up for another Rational Boomer podcast. want to thank you for spending time with me, taking the time out of your day to sit down and listen. That is much appreciated. Have yourself a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.